Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host. My name is Steve. Joining me, as always, is the beautiful Hannah Martin. Hannah, how are you doing this week? I'm well. I have some laundry that needs to go in the dryer, so I'm hoping this is quick. (laughs) And for reasons we'll get into in literally one minute, this should be a fairly quick episode. Uh... (laughs) We'll, we'll start out we with, say that every time yeah and they always end up being 45 minutes i but can't imagine this one is going to be very long no so similar to say never on tuesday or maybe like a fast times at ridgemont high nicholas cage is really only in one scene of the movie that we watched this week and that movie being industrial symphony number one colon the dream of the brokenhearted and I kind of stuttered my way through that <laughs> because I had to kind of... The title remember. is longer than the actual film. <laughs> <laughs> it's 50 minutes long, which was plenty. Uh, yeah, we certainly got a fill. And when we say words like film and, and movie, movie... it's a... We use those words loosely. Loose. <laughs> it's a, str- a bit of a stretch to call this a movie. It was more like a stage art installation type of thing. Yeah. Performance art, Avant-garde. maybe. Avant-garde. Yeah, very, very weird experience we had watching this movie. So we'll get into some of the notes of that in a minute. First thing we do like to do is, is well, we gave you an overview that in the sense that this is not really a movie, but uh, what are the ratings? I feel like we forgot to do that last week. There's only one rating and it's a 7 out of 10 or 7.1 out of 10, I think, on IMDb. That's it's right. It's not rated on Rotten Tomatoes. That's right. Yeah, so I think... Besides us, maybe four other people in this world have seen this movie. Because <laughs> there were three rankings on IMDb. I think there were also three performances of this. So it was performed what? live twice and then recorded once. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. Well, well I'm here with the facts. That's true. Our next, <laughs> our next little bit. So first of all, this movie does not deserve a 7 out of 10. I think uh, the director rated it that. He was like, it was not my best work, but it was there. <laughs> yeah, it's like David Lynch who directed Wild at Wild Heart. Heart. Who, he was also the director of this. If I feel like he was the only one who dire- who ranked this movie <laughs> and gave movie. it a seven. Yeah. So uh, the next thing we'll do here is Hannah will go over some whatever behind the scenes information you can find about this movie. So what do you got? So not much in the context of Nicolas Cage. Right. I guess we'll start by saying that Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern have the top billing for this experience. Um, For some reason. (laughs) But are only present in this experience for (laughs) the first two, three minutes of the experience maybe not even so what i'm thinking we can actually do this week rather than editing in the clips from the movie i might just be able to pull it up now oh yeah we can live react to it if you recall laura dern and nicholas cage starred in wild at heart which we reviewed two episodes ago three episodes ago maybe and this clip was basically just a deleted scene or an add-on to that movie yeah. That David Lynch wanted to use for this experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's how the movie starts, which is just the two of them. And they're on the phone. They're mm-hmm. not even in the same room. Dark lighting, dimly lit, just right. spotlights on their faces. 
very close up. Yeah. Any Anything else about, you know, why did David Lynch do this? Yeah. How about we play that? You want to play we it We talk first? about that first okay. and then we'll get into the rest because like I said, that's it. That's all they're in. Yeah. He's got like six lines in this, which yeah. is more than ever on Tuesday. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so and Fast Times at Richmond High, where he had zero, nothing. Well, he had lines, <laughs> but he did. But he was likely fired from set for yeah. being himself. <laughs> All right. Let's see if this will work. Where are you? You sound far away. Yeah. Well. What's wrong? Listen. Uh, what is it? I'm taking off, baby. I can't do it no more. Can't do what? What? I guess I'm saying goodbye is what I'm doing. <laughs> goodbye? You saying you don't love me anymore? I can't. I mean, I gotta go. You're choking me, aren't you, baby? No, I ain't, sugar. Sugar? Ain't nothing wrong with you. It's just us I can't handle. I'm saying goodbye. Don't say that. Please don't go. I can't do it no more. I gotta go. Please. Please. So I experienced the same thing that you just did because Steve was watching it. And I was just listening. <laughs> <laughs> he, so that's that. That is the only scene that I would describe as a anything scene? that resembles a movie. And <laughs> what we just watched earlier today. So how, how do I... I mean, so I'm struggling because I don't know what to say next. Nor do I. Do you want to give more background information? Sure, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So we'll talk about what this was supposed to be. Oh, please. Yeah. All right, so the genesis of this thing (laughs) (laughs) came about when the Brooklyn Academy of Music asked David Lynch and his music collaborator, Angelo Badalamenti, to stage two performances of something interesting for the season premiere of the next Wave Festival. Lynch Uh had a few ideas in that regard. He had two weeks to prepare. He threw together an elaborately designed and choreographed concert for his ingenue of choice, Julie Cruz. It was the chick in the dress. Okay. We'll discuss her in yeah. a moment. It is a 49-minute show featuring number a number of songs from Julie Cruz's album, Into the Night, all of oh. which had lyrics written by David Lynch and music by the Angelo Badalamenti music collaborator dude. Okay. Plus a few original pieces as well. The music had a very clear Twin Peaks vibe. Hmm. And most of the instrumentals were taken directly from Angelo Badalamenti's score for the Twin Peaks series. So the concert takes place on a huge set covered in pipes and cables and industrial looking things. It's illuminated almost exclusively by roaming spotlights, strobe lights, sporadic bursts of flame, we both commented that if either of us were prone to having seizures, we absolutely would have had one and 
Yeah. While experiencing this, whatever the hell we just watched. In true Lynch fashion, the show is filled with bizarre, inexplicable imagery. And if you remember from our episode of Wild at Heart, Wild at Heart (laughs) was a book that he converted into a movie and then decided that it needed to have Wizard of Oz imagery, which had nothing to do with the plot or anything. Yeah. Um, So David Lynch is, in my opinion, absolutely fucking psychotic. (laughs) And... (laughs) Here we are arriving at whatever the hell we just watched. Yeah. So after that scene with Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern on the phone talking to each other, we it then cuts to the stage and there's this woman in a white dress and, and this movie is available on YouTube, but if you are prone to seizures, don't put it on. But it cuts to this woman in a white dress singing, so it must be whatever. It's you, Julie, Julie, whoever. Whatever you just said. <laughs> <laughs> it's already in one ear, not the other. Julie Cruz. Julie Cruz. So at first I was like, is that Laura Dern? No. And then there was this naked woman like in the rafters and I thought, oh, that's Laura Dern. And no, it wasn't. It was somebody else. And then there was a man hanging upside down in like a pirate shirt from You're the like, stage. Oh, is that Nick? Is that Nicholas Cage? And <laughs> no. no, it wasn't. <laughs> and then, and then there was a little person, <laughs> which li- obviously was neither of them. Yeah. And then there was a there was a there, there was a <laughs> I think he was billed as large skinned deer man. There was a <laughs> stilts. Yeah, like a bipedal deer who was like red and skinned on stilts and like two feet taller than everybody else. It, 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 none of it makes it made sense and all of julie cruz's movie or um not movies music was just this like operatic singing just was like oh it's just noise honestly it was just that over and over just noise you couldn't understand her none of it made any sense it's at all just avant-garde is like, the best way i can describe like, it <laughs> so i started writing some stuff down because there was some really weird imagery in this quote-unquote movie and i wrote down woman in white singing naked on the car and little person sawing and i, to- I feel like it's it's just exhausting to try to dissect the symbolism and i would rather just say that it's just like a hodgepodge of images it's just not it's just like yeah exactly it's it's really nothing yeah it 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 is trying so hard to be something and then ends up being nothing and i think that maybe if i saw it live and could experience all of that in person i may have understood it a little bit more or just thought it was cool but it really was just so repetitive because it's yeah. just the same like flashing lights oh, and the same yeah <laughs> like, we can we can insert a clip of like a sample of what we heard so that you understand. <laughs> <laughs> See if I can find it. Okay. Well, we'll do it live again. <laughs> okay. Tell me I'm wrong. It's this for 45 minutes. <laughs> 49 minutes. I can't stand any more of that. <laughs> there was one song that I thought was catchy, but I don't even remember how it no, went. So and I'm it not going to find it. I'm not going to go find it. I refuse. <laughs> but so... It's just there to... I think it's supposed to like evoke emotion, and the only emotion that it evoked in us was just like anger that we Confusion. had to watch this. <laughs> I actually, by the end of it, I was laughing hysterically, and I said, this is actually amazing. Every time I think, I watch a horrible Nicolas Cage movie, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Nothing can be worse than this. Nothing in this great green earth of ours could be worse than what I just experienced after I watched The Boy in Blue. I had the same feeling when we saw Time to Kill. 
<laughs> and I was like, it's kind of amazing how horrible this is. But is they this did even it again. a Nick Cage movie, though? N- no. It's but... just Wild at Heart with yeah. So artistic bullshit. Yeah, so what's what the art is supposed to be is it's supposed to be a little bit nonsensical because it's supposed to be Laura Dern's dream. And the woman in white, Julie Cruz, is supposed to be a representation of her in a dream, probably because they couldn't get Laura Dern, and I don't know if she could sing. <laughs> so I don't think that that girl, Julie Cruz, could sing either. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> that is true. But, but there was also, like, she was dressed all in white, and she was on, what's the word I'm looking for? Aerial wire flying. <laughs> yeah it, it was i you know there, there's probably some people listening who are just screaming at me right now for not knowing <laughs> the word for the, being hardest in and just kind of flying around the stage but she was floating around the stage and we were like oh my god is he doing a fucking glinda the good witch thing again so it was basically that and you know you can try to find symbolism of things it's like oh there's a little person what you can try but like oh, why would yeah. you want to you made a face at me yeah because <laughs> yeah. you were like you could try to find the symbolism and things and i rolled my eyes and like like why would i why would right. i want to waste my time right. doing that there's a little person and he's and he's sawing a tree trunk in half and nobody pays attention but then when a large man on stilts who's hunting deer he's the epitome of masculinity and everybody's around him and you remember in 2011 when Lady Gaga showed up in a meat dress? It was that. It was that. <laughs> he was wearing her meat dress. Yeah. <laughs> but like 30 years earlier. There's a naked woman on top of the car to represent how women love men who are manly men in their cars. And the, the oh my God. And the lights are always flickering and moving to represent the mobile nature the of humanity. Nature and the of yeah. the ongoing societal chaotic society that we live in society society oh my god and but it's all a dream because just one heartbreak can change the industrial world and bullshit who cares so that's really it oh there is one pretty amazing scene where the little person oh yeah he 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 reenacts the scene with nick cage and laura dern while some dude plays the clarinet in a tuxedo and there's a woman in a dress on the other side of him just kind of like feeling herself up and down like doing like a little dance where she just kind of feels herself up and down what what even was that and the, and the little he just recites all the lines that nick cage and laura dern said that yeah you just heard right but, but he uses like their voice he tries to use their voices he does like he does her voice like in a high pitch and he goes oh well like he does it a little bit a little bit he doesn't get too hard into it but yeah but that's it that's it this is terrible the one of the worst things i've ever seen which in a way makes it one of the best things i've ever seen it reminded me a lot of that (laughs) snl skit with the high school oh yeah (laughs) where they all just like kiss each other and then they turn to the crowd and go black lives matter and they go what does that mean that's not (laughs) what this is it's basically that that. look up that snl skit okay so closing thoughts this is the first time i'm going to give you this question is this a movie no no Would you ever watch this again? No. Would you ever show this to somebody? No. Okay. I probably would. would. See, one of the things, again. Oh, yeah. We did talk about about this. 
I have a few times in my past, I've had some friends who partake in psychedelic drugs. And then they say, Steve, you watch a lot of movies. What's the weirdest movie we can watch on said drugs? I think this replaces Howard the Duck as one of the weirdest, most psychedelic. Honestly, though, if you're on psychedelic drugs and you're watching this, you're going to have a bad trip. Yeah, it might be. Might be. It's not fun. No. Yeah. But it's up there. It's up. It's in my top five of like weirdest things I've ever seen. There's a lot of panic seen. happening. I can't yeah. imagine that being good for your psyche. Well, you know, I'll be there and I won't be on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> you asked if you should show it to someone else though. Yeah, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> so let's see. What's the next thing? Oh, Nick Cage Awards, which we probably really oh, can't even do. Just go back and listen to the Wild and Hard episode because it's the yeah. same thing. But, okay, so there's a few that we can do. Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> the Little Person. <laughs> the Little Person. I forget his name. He's been in stuff. I actually recognized him. But he, he's been in some stuff before. It's definitely not Julie Cruz. <laughs> no. God, no. I'm surprised she wasn't the star. Like she's they gave a, not a name. But they gave. But she's in most of this and they gave Laura Dern and Nick Cage dot pilling. If you're perusing the internet and want to watch something that other people that you know have been in, would you click on this if it said Julie Cruz was top billing, or would you click on this if it said Nicolas Cage was top billing? Well, this it's was... a marketing ploy. I guess. I don't he had, know. Wild at Heart was successful, and he had just come out with that, yeah. <laughs> and this is essentially a follow up to it. There was an Academy Award nomination for Wild at Heart. There was. It was <laughs> not either Nick or Laura. No, it was. You know not. how like Lion King has Lion King one and a half. Yeah, or it's whatever's happening yeah. in in the middle of it. Right. That's this. Yeah. This is Wild at Heart one and a half because <laughs> it's her dream. And like Lion King one and a half, this is horrible. <laughs> I don't think we can do best dressed because you don't even see what he's wearing. No. I don't we can do best dressed of like the other people. The on other those. people. The meat dress. The meat dress was good. Uh, that was probably the best one. Yeah. Yeah. Worst scene, best scene. I mean, we, we again, we usually do best scene and worst scene for Nicolas Cage scenes, but he was only in the one. So that's both. Both. All right. Uh, best scream. He doesn't scream. You listen to the whole clip. So nope. And most nouveau schematic moment, and I don't think he even really does anything nouveau schematic. He kind of delivers a very normal performance. Kind of blah, to be honest. Well, you know, I mean, how can you do anything more with that? You can't. Exactly. So, where are we putting this one? Where are we ranking this amongst the other Nicolas Cage movies we've seen so far? This is movie number 17. I can't imagine this could be above anything else. Can you? Would you ever put this above as something? I really shouldn't. It's not a movie. No, it's not. And he's not in it. <laughs> no. But he wasn't in Fast Times, but at least that was a movie. Right, right. Yeah, so Fast Times, our current ranking has Fast Times up at like the 10 spot, maybe the 9 spot. So, you know, it's definitely below that. But is it worse than Time to Kill? Are you kidding me? Or The Boy in Blue? Are you actually joking? <sighs> I you you just listened to Julie Cruz sing that for three <laughs> seconds. Do you not remember that that's what we listened to for a full fifty minutes, minus the two minutes that Laura Dern was talking? 
<laughs> like naked baby dolls dropped down from the ceiling. It was nonsensical. Absolutely. That's what's so amazing about this. It makes no sense. Like, how do you make something like something that's out there in the world that makes this little I would sense. never, ever, ever put myself through watching this again. <laughs> I would put myself through watching some of the other things. I would I would watch Boy in Blue again before I'd watch this again. Wow. Okay. So this is at the bottom. You're kidding. You're actually, I just actually having confirm. this conversation I right now. I just want to confirm with you. It's not a movie. <laughs> That's true. We did establish early in this podcast that this is not a movie. <laughs> Didn't we say we're watching every Nick Cage movie? <laughs> well, but it has in to be. In chronological order. Okay. So we're watching every movie in chronological order according to IMDb. Right. So this is on IMDb as a, Best of Times right. was also not a movie, but it was more of a movie than this was. Well, Best of Times was fun. I loved Best of Times. <laughs> <laughs> you had fun with this. I, I personally did, did not. <laughs> Alright, so we'll split the difference. We'll put it somewhere in the middle. No, I'm kidding. God, I'm kidding. No, no, no. We'll put that. it at the bottom. It has no, to no, be no. at the bottom. What what was at the bottom? Time to kill? Yeah. Yeah, this is below that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the plot of Time to Kill was that Nick Cage was raped someone. Was there a someone. plot to this? No. Was there a plot? No. Was this a movie? No. And it's at the bottom. Oh, all right, all right. It's at the bottom. All right, I'll take that. I can't believe we even had to just have that conversation. <laughs> I kept, it's like I don't even know you. I kept looking at you during the whole thing, and I was like, Han, how much fun is this? You were grinning the whole time. I was yeah. grimacing yeah. the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Oi. All right. So it's at the bottom. It's oh number 17. We've got a few more before uh, we get to the Christmas break. So Oh, yeah. What's next? Next is a movie called Zandali. So I recently told some of my coworkers about this podcast. So if you're listening, hello. But one of my coworkers said, have you gotten to Zandali yet? And he was the only one who mentioned that, and I don't know him well enough whether it was that he was like looking forward to it as a good movie or as a bad movie. But I did quickly look up the ratings, and it's a 4.4 on IMDb and a 33 on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's not oh, great. Oh, but it's with Judge Reinhold. Oh, he's back with Judge Reinhold. Speaking of Fast, Fast Times, we were talking about that earlier, so... We'll and see. Yeah. After that is honeymoon in Vegas, not to be confused uh, with Las leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, which he made only what two years later, but like ten movies later, because oh, you know this guy. Yeah, well, he. This was when he purchased his first house or something. Correct. And, and had he some debts. purchased a house in 1990 and yeah. was in over his head. Yep, that's why he did Firebirds. <laughs> yep. So. I forgot about Firebirds. <laughs> we ranked Firebirds pretty low too. I didn't All think right. it was that bad. Yeah. Nothing is that bad after this. No. Well, we've said that before. I know. I say that every <laughs> I say that every week. <laughs> we'll see what Zandali has to I have offer such a short term memory at this point. Yeah. All right. I think that's gonna do it. Short episode this week. Yeah. And I guess now you know why the Nick Cage bird sings. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez.